You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. Hallelujah. It's good to have you with us today on this bright, sunny day. (laughs) He causes the rain, the showers on the just and the unjust. And, uh, you know, many parts of the world, the rain is a blessing. So they long for a rainy day. And we're blessed today. We get to have it. So, Lord, shower. Shower us with your love. Right on. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray at the end of the service. We'll have a lot of time, op- opportunity to minister at the end. So let's get right in. If you have your Bibles, your devices, your iPad, your smartphone... Turn to Acts chapter 11, beginning at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Let's pray. We thank you for your word, O Lord. We confess, Lord, that it is so amazing. We thank you for uh, inspiring, for moving through it to us, revealing the Lord Jesus and showing us your nature and your kingdom. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would now come and merge the spirit, your spirit and the word so that we could be transformed. We ask for ears to hear what you're saying to the church. We ask for the grace to receive all that you speak. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Those that have been scattered. This goes back to Acts chapter 8 with the, the stoning of Stephen. And with the stoning of Stephen, a persecution was released against the church in Jerusalem. It was isolated at this time to just the city of Jerusalem. And we we find that everybody scattered. You'll see it in in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. But uh, we'll we'll just look at verse 1 and 4, I think. Uh, Saul was there giving approval to his death. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. All except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Then going down to verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Up until this time, we have Jesus coming to the planet, and he's the one that did the evangelizing. He's the one that shared the parables. He's the one that spoke and healed and demonstrated that the kingdom of God was here. And so he was there. His 12, they followed him for three years plus, and, and out of that, then they begin to, after the day of Pentecost, they begin to go out. 
We know that there's 70 others, you know, that, that were sent out at another time on a special mission, missionary journey when Jesus was on the earth. And now we have, with the start of the book of Acts, we have the Holy Spirit coming upon the, the apostles and they're declaring the wonders of the greatness of our Lord and they're performing the same miracles that Jesus performed. They're doing the same things. And the church grew. And the church grew and the church grew. Stephen gets stoned. He's one of the ones that was part of the seven that were taking care of the widows and the daily distribution of, of the food. And <clears throat> upon his death, we see that they begin to spread. Philip goes up to Samaria. Revival breaks out in the Samaritan area through Philip. And, and then we have Peter uh, going off to Caesarea and, and uh, to, to Lydda and to Joppa. And, and we start to see he's going around to the towns and villages and preaching as he comes back. He goes to Cornelius's house and the first Gentile hears the gospel and responds. And all of his household become saved. They all come into the kingdom. And so we have, we have this momentum. And what I find really interesting in the scriptures, that up until this time, almost everybody has a famous apostle attached or someone who was noted in scripture previously that's attached. But now we just have this dispersion. We, we have this persecution that comes and all the believers go and it says they all preached. They all preached the word. Look to your neighbor and say, you can preach the word. You can preach the word. Yeah. And as a result of that, all of a sudden, evangelism just takes off, and there's a whole lot of folks that hear and are drawn to, and it's all done by regular Christians. Nobody with special super-duper-duper. Duper. We've got people who heard Jesus, the apostles, and they believed. And then we got people who heard the apostles and they believed. And now we have people who hear the believers who believed, the apostles who believed Jesus. We, we, have, we have it coming down and, and it's going out and it's just spreading everywhere and they're all coming. Is that cool? I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. As, as we see these areas, these areas that are, that are acknowledged in the scripture here, they're all represented on the day of Pentecost. Believers from all these regions were, were present in Jerusalem at the time the Holy Spirit was manifested. And now as they're back in their regions, they're sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty cool. It says, and the hand of the Lord was with them. What's that look like? Do you want to go forth with the hand of the Lord with you? Yeah. Why? Why do you want the hand of the Lord? Yeah. <laughs> Security, protection, anointing, power, uh, all that's there, the Lord's hand is with you. What do, you, what do you think was happening? That they, somebody, here we've got somebody writing, we believe it's Luke, 
Luke's writing, and he says, and the hand of the Lord was with those guys. What, what do you think made him think that the hand of the Lord was with them? Yeah. The same stuff that Jesus did was happening. We, we see that the way in which they're telling one another about what Jesus is doing, it's, it's effective. You know, when Jesus taught, he didn't teach like the scribes and Pharisees. They all said, man, what is this? What, is this a new teaching? I mean, with authority he speaks. And even the demons submit to his name. And so we, we have a manifestation that's taking place by regular Joes and Joettes that are just going out and they're hearing the good news about Jesus. And we understand that with the proclamation of the gospel, there's always a demonstration of the gospel. And so it's not just that the words were going forth of how to come into a relationship with Jesus. It was more than just a sinner's prayer. It was a sinner's conversion. And the things that set Jesus apart on the earth as he walked is once again setting apart his gospel. It's setting apart those that bring forth good news. That's why we got beautiful feet. Look down at your feet and say, boy, you are beautiful. Why? Because they bring good news. They bring good news. And it's not just good news, but wherever they go, they bring the authority of the king himself. And when we stand forth and we speak, we speak in his name. And when we touch, we touch in his name. And the hand of the Lord was upon them. I think that's, that's pretty cool. May the hand of the Lord be upon you today. Mm. I love that. Only one problem. It was only to the Jews. Only to the Jews. In Acts chapter 10, we have Peter at Cornelius, so that's the first penetration into the Gentile community. But now... We have some wild ones. You know, there's always, there's always some that are just kind of little uh, zealous in their faith. They just kind of believe the gospel to the max. They're extreme believers. And it's so extreme that they go to Antioch and they start sharing the gospel with Gentiles, with the Greeks. And the Greeks respond. Can you believe it? Peter's got a revelation. Sheet comes down three times. It's, it, you know, to get, through, to get through the prejudice that was there between the Jew and, and the Gentile was so, so radical and the Lord was so faithful that he did it. He got there. Peter had supernatural instructions the whole way. Angels came to Cornelius he has a trance, he has a vision, he hears the voice of the Lord. An angel tells him, don't hesitate to go with the guys. We got all this supernatural phenomena that's taking place to just get Cornelius' house into the kingdom. And while that's happening in that area, up here in Antioch, way to the north, way to the north, now regular believers are just sharing the gospel and revival's breaking out. People are responding to the word. They're receiving the miraculous manifestation of the presence of the Lord. 
pretty, pretty good day. So what happens? News of this once again gets back to Jerusalem. We had this earlier in the early chapter. You know, they heard about Peter going to a Gentile's house. How could you do that? And so they were all offended with Peter until they heard the story. When they heard the full story of how it came about, they had no, no more problem with it, which was a nice icebreaker because now they're getting the reports that from Antioch, there's this whole move of Gentiles that have come in, that are coming into the kingdom. And so, you know, quality control, headquarters decides, okay, we better make sure that this is on the up and up. We've got Peter giving his report. Let's send Barnabas up there and find out what actually is taking place. So they send Barnabas, the son of encouragement. <clears throat> uh, if you're gonna do an evaluation on me, please send Barnabas. <laughs> Barnabas is the guy that I want coming and checking out what's going on. Because he is just full of encouragement. He's just an incredible, incredible believer. <clears throat> So they, they find out that the, the Gentiles are, are hearing the good news about the Lord Jesus. His hand is with them. There's power that's being released. There's a great number who have turned to the Lord and believed. That's a good day. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good passage of scripture right there. When the news reaches Jerusalem, Barnabas gets sent, and when he arrives, he sees the evidence of the grace of God. You got to love that, don't you? The manifestation of the grace of God among the community in Antioch was so real, so tangible, that it was visible. You could see the grace of God. What's that look like? We looked at what the hand of the Lord, now we find that when Barnabas there, he arrives, he sees the grace of God upon them. Happiness. Sharing possessions, love, peace, happiness. What was that? Sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you been in the presence of someone who's just been in the presence of the Lord? Maybe they were an unbeliever and they just got saved. And what do you notice when you get in their presence? Countenance? That's a big word. I mean, sometimes, doesn't their face shine? I mean, you just get in the presence and you, you look in their eyes and what used to be kind of hopeless, dark eyes or self-centered, arrogant, selfish eyes, all of a sudden, boom, you look in and you see something radiant. You see something wonderful. The grace of God is visible. Huh. We got some visitors today. I hope they're seeing the grace of God among us. You know, we want others to see the grace of God upon us.
So Barnabas, he goes there, and when he arrives, he sees the grace. He sees what's on the faces of these people. He sees what God's doing. He sees what the Holy Spirit is orchestrating among that community. And it's so amazing and so powerful that he is just blown away because he sees the grace of God on it. Now that's amazing, especially when you don't think the grace of God can come upon Gentiles. You know, Gentile dogs... Gentile heathens, Gentile lowlifes, we are the chosen ones. You are down here. No, they saw the grace of God. And when they saw that, it was easy then to believe and to receive. Do you realize Christianity is the only, only, only view of God that can take someone who's at the lowest level in the social stratus and they come to know Jesus and they get accepted instantly by his family. Instantly by his family. You know, you can have the prostitutes, you can have the drug lords, you can have all this stuff. And when they come to faith in Jesus, it's so radical. And all of a sudden, they are embraced by the body of Christ. Matter of fact, it was so strange in the early days of Christianity that a slave who came to the Lord Jesus oftentimes led his master to the Lord Jesus. So now you have one who is a servant to his master, but is also the discipler of his owner. It's amazing what happens when the grace of God comes. And when the grace of God comes, everybody gets a do-over. <laughs> everybody gets an opportunity to live the life that they were created to live. Hmm. I love this. So he sees the evidences. Man, I think he probably saw manifestations of the grace of God. I think there was probably uh, Gentiles who were going around giving words from the Lord to one another. Maybe Gentiles giving it to Jews, you know, speaking, thus saith the Lord, you know, speaking for God. I believe there's transformation. I think there was people that was, was so selfish and so self-centered, uh, the Zacchaeus type of uh, dynamic, that there was such a transformation that they gave all that they had and, and paid back everybody for all the injustices that they did. I believe there was healings. I think there was a lot of healings. I think there was a lot of deliverances. I think wherever there was a demon, <laughs> he was in trouble. I think all the demons were getting out of Antioch as quick as possible because they knew that wasn't going to stay. I believe that there was gifts of the Holy Spirit that were being manifested just abundantly. Just the grace of God. And so when Barnabas sees all this, he's glad and he encourages them to remain. Sounds a little bit like Jesus, doesn't it? John chapter 15, abide in me, remain in me, rest in me, dwell with me. And so he says, remain true to the Lord with all your hearts. That was his counsel. Now, were they doing it all right? Probably not. 
You know, this is, this is the difference between fathers and brothers and sisters. Fathers, fathers, when we see new births in the kingdom, we're just all excited. And, you know, when there's a new birth, there's going to be a lot of diaper changing. There's going to be a lot of burping. There's going to be a lot of messes and a lot of feedings and a lot of, oh, my way, and all that kind of stuff. But fathers... Fathers come into that and they know how to relate. And I believe Barnabas is functioning as an apostolic father here as he comes in. His father heart, he sees, he sees where, where they're having difficulty and he brings in a word of encouragement. You don't get the criticism, you don't get the, that's usually from brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, we get the sibling rivalry. And it's like, well, when you've been walking with Jesus as long as I have, you'll know not to do that. You immature little baby Christian, you know. We, we get all sorts of craziness between brothers and sisters. That's why we need more fathers. We need more mothers in the kingdom. For us who have been with the Lord for our, any length of time, we should be moving out of that sibling rivalry into a parental heart of love for new baby Christians. You know, I'm so excited about this next wave of evangelism that's coming and all those that are going to come to Christ because most of them haven't been raised in church and they don't have all that religious nonsense to deal with. And they're going to come into an incredible relationship with Jesus at conversion and hopefully the church will be mature and ready to parent and to love and to bring in and to encourage, to encourage to encourage, to encourage. Because I grew up and it was always, it was different than encouragement. It was a whole lot different. If you're really a Christian, you'll cut that long hair. You know, if you're really a Christian, you won't wear blue jeans in the sanctuary. If you're really a Christian, you won't wear that kind of makeup. If you're really a Christian, you, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And, and so we, we'd lead somebody to Christ, bring them into the church, and the church would poison them with religion instead of nurture them in relationship. We're being positioned for a strategic time in history to be able to receive multitudes of new believers to love them, to encourage them, to see them grow. They're going to grow so quick because we're going to learn how as parents to offer everything that we've contended for, how to show them through inheritance that they can receive just by faith and receive the inheritance that we've had to work for. Because they have a whole nother level of contending ahead of them. They have the things that they, they're going to have to work through. You just think of all the issues that's hitting the church right now. And when these new believers come in and as they grow up in the church and as they take the rightful place in the kingdom, these are the issues that they're going to have to resolve. For us, you know, we just had to deal with, can you speak in tongues and really be a Christian? Be filled with the Holy Spirit? You got one side of the church says, that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a Christian. 
If you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you got the other side that says, if you do speak in tongues, you're of the devil. And it's like, oh man, are we glad that we're past that silly nonsense? I am so thrilled. Of course, I was a casualty of war. So I want to make sure that this next generation gets the inheritance of what I had to go through so they never have to go through it again. And so when we start releasing all the things that the Lord has entrusted to us and we release it to them, man, they're going to have like PhDs in discipleship very, very quickly. They're going to believe that miracles still happen. They're going to believe that when they pray for someone, God's going to answer that prayer. They're not going to have that kind of Christianity that says, oh, we really don't do the stuff. We just read about it. We talk about doing the stuff. But for them, it's going to be just a natural part of accepting Jesus. When they receive Jesus, they receive the Holy Spirit. They receive all the gifts and graces that the Holy Spirit deposits within them. And they're able to speak and do the way Jesus spoke and did. They're going to believe John's gospel that says, when Jesus is speaking, greater things than these shall you do. Wow. That's going to be cool. Guess what? It's today. It's today. This afternoon begins. We begin this afternoon. We begin this afternoon of loving the way Jesus loves, praying the way Jesus prayed, ministering the way Jesus ministered, touching the hearts of the wounded, broken, those that are living with deficit, they need to understand that there is a God of abundance who wants to fill every, every ledger in their account where they're running in the negative. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a buzzword right now, negative. Right, Gigi? I, I come home from work late one night, and Gigi's still up, which is quite miraculous. She's usually slumped over in the chair, and I'm trying to figure out if she's dead or if she's still alive. But this time, she was full of life, and she, she's up to, and she, I don't know if she was just waiting if this was a word from the Lord or what she's doing, but she's just sharing what the Lord's been doing with her all day. Was that good? And guess what the Lord had been talking to Gigi about? Negativity. Oh, wow. And I just thought, man, this is good because this has kind of been my theme song. Because, you know, as, as, as a new believer, I, I really didn't get all the stuff I needed. We never do at, at the initial onset. I, I kind of thought criticism was one of the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> and I was so good at it that I knew I was super anointed and, and I could always see how half empty the glass was. The negative, the negative, the negative. Matter of fact, my wife got me yesterday. She says, do you realize how negative you were with that guy? I said, really? And then she repeated, you said this, and then you said that, and you said this, and you said that. And I thought, <sighs> well, the Lord's 
I think he's got a new onslaught. He's got a war against negativity. He's going after negativity, especially in the church and especially within each individual believer's life. He's going after negativity. The Lord is making war against negativity. Now the question is, whose side are you going to be on? You know, it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, going against negativity. So Gigi was used to the Lord, just encouraged me to know in. And I'm thinking, here's a lady about to turn 91. And she's still wanting the Lord to move in her life and to bring adjustment and correction and, and fine tuning. And I thought, oh, Jesus, may I be that way at 91. Oh, gosh. I want to continue to be pliable that the Lord can, can mold me in the way that he needs to mold me. And some of us, we've got our PhDs. Some of you got three PhDs in negativity. You know? You've got it in the financial category. You've got it in the relationship category. And you've got it in the spiritual category. To where God never does it for you, but he'll do it for someone else. And it's time to to realize that this kind of revival that we see happening in, in Acts 11, where the hand of the Lord's there, and that the grace of God was visible, it's going to require the grace of God to do a deep work inside each one of us. So I want the grace of God. So I just talking to the Lord, and once again, this paragraph ends the way the paragraph before it ends. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. A great number of people were brought to the Lord. I like that. Hallelujah. You know, I like great numbers of people. I really do. That's why if I get a chance to go to the 500-mile race, and they have it on Sundays now, so they have to get rained out on Sunday so I can go on Monday. I do something on Sundays. And uh, I remember the first time that the race got rained out and I got to go to it. And I'm coming out of, of turn one on the outside of the grandstand. And I look down Georgetown Road. And I see a multitude of people. And I got so juiced. So excited. I was so... I thought, can you imagine? This is a multitude that... We need a PA system right now. We need to preach the gospel right here to everybody walking down Georgetown. Is that cool? And then, and then when I saw Reinhard Bonnke, when, he's, he, when he goes back into, uh, what country was that? No, no, he's from Germany, but in Africa, oh, I can't remember which country it was, but 55 million got saved in, in 10 years. They were out of the country. They, they got back in the country, 15. And they're having outdoor open-air services. And it, they got it on video. And I, I'm watching it, and I'm just bawling like a baby. I'm just, as far as the eye can see, there's, there's people. There's, there, there's just a multitude. They had over, I think it was 1.3 million at one evening service. Oh, my stars. And, you know, the, the little uh, generator lights that they have on the interstate when we're driving and they're working at night, that's what they have for lighting. And you see those little things as far as the eye can see. You just see them going. They're everywhere. Amazing. 
Okay, I got off on that. That's, I like multitudes. I like a great number of people were brought to the Lord. I'm ready for a great number. Indeed. Well, evidence of the grace of God. Healings. And I just thought, Lord, what do you want to do today? I thought, let's... I kind of made some suggestions to him. I said, Lord, could we, could we have the grace and authority to go after deafness? I mean, I really don't like deafness. Could we have the grace to go after cancer? Oh, yeah, we want to go after cancer. Uh, can we have the grace to go after diabetes and all things related to the pancreas? And then I said, Lord, can, can we go after thyroid issues? All the conditions that the thyroid affects. Oh, yeah. Now, he may be giving you some ideas here uh, as well. And we we want to go after all these. Um, oh, we're at the end. I got one little more ex exhortation that I wanted to give. I got, I got to do it. As the worship team comes and gets ready for the last song, I'll be quick on this last ex exhortation. One of the things that, that I've been concerned about is a lot of times I've had people, you know, we, we pray for people and, they, and they, they get healed and then the condition comes back. Okay? And I thought, Lord... How do, we, how do we go about receiving what you give us and then not losing it? And one of the things that he, he, he was mentioning and he's bringing to my remembrance was in deliverance. You know, when, when the Lord delivers a, a, an evil spirit out of a person and they're cleansed, he likens it to a house that's just been swept clean. And he said, if, if you don't fill the house, that evil spirit will go get seven more and the last condition will be worse than the former and I thought okay how does that apply and, and so I'm looking through this and, I, and I'm looking at just some some principles some things here that's looking what's the equivalent of that in healing and I, and I just kind of heard don't return to your own vomit you know if God heals you of something don't go back and see if you're really healed of it by putting yourself in harm's way, being presumptuous. Don't, don't, don't do that. That's, that's, that's not smart. Don't go back to life the way you were living it. If God has profoundly touched and it's, and it's something major in your life and he's done a miracle, that should be a, a pivot in your life. You should be making some kind of transition from that point going in another direction. Uh, praise and thanksgiving. I mean, when God touches us, don't we get excited? Don't we get thankful? We're, we're grateful. We want to praise him. We want to praise the one who has the power to do these kind of things. And don't do that just for a, a, a day. Make that for all eternity. What we are thankful for and what we give him praise today, let's continue to do that forever and ever. And then the, the third thing that I've, I, I, I sense the Lord was saying was, what the Lord has done for you is for you. 
but it never just stops there. The natural result, not the purpose, he didn't heal you to do something someplace. He healed you for you, but the natural result of him healing you for you is that you take how the Lord has blessed you to someone else. I, I, I love that when Robbie Dawkins comes and the first person who comes up for healing and they get healed, then he has them pray for the next person. And then they together pray for the next person. And at the end of the night, he says, now how many people did I pray to get healed? And everybody say, oh, about 30. They said, no, I prayed for one. And they prayed for others. And so we need to realize that when the Lord does something in us, the natural result of how we continue to maintain that is that we do it for someone else. If you get a breakthrough in your finances, be generous. If you get a breakthrough in your health, look for others with a similar condition that you can pray for and that you can release the goodness of God. Let's continue to release uh, whatever the Lord has done for us, especially emotionally. You know, if, if, we, if we've battled something that's heavy and hard for us and we get a breakthrough emotionally, and all of a sudden you see someone who's battling something similar, may not be the exact same thing, but it may be similar, pray for them. Release the goodness of God on them, okay? Well, let's stand together and sing this last song as we're doing that. Let's uh, just get our spiritual sensitivities <laughs> completely activated. Um, and ready to love and minister as the Lord leads us. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.